two or three people and tell them, I serve an absolute mighty God. Mighty God. I serve an absolute mighty God. My God, my God, my God, my God, my God. Y'all let me know if I get too loud out there, they can turn me down just a little bit. I want to be respectful as much as I can. I'm so full right now. I promise you I'm more excited than you can handle. I, I promise you that. I do promise you. I give you my word to that. I'm, I'm just excited. This evening for what God is doing in the realm of the spirit. Amen. Amen. Look at somebody say, God is doing things you know not of. God is doing things you know not of. No, see, y'all playing around. I mean, God's doing some stuff you ain't seen yet. My Bible tells me that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. It hasn't entered your heart yet the things God's doing for me. Oh, now. Would you look at one more person and tell God on a whole other level with me? God on a whole other level. God's stuff in your life. I want to give God praise for being in this precious house. Uh, can we bless God for His house worship center? We bless God for this precious place. We bless God for this precious, precious place. Pastor, you know uh, Elder Elder Randy. <laughs> Elder Randy, which one? Elder Randy. Here you go, that's your flyer, sir. Oh, that's my flyer. <laughs> that's my dude. I was going to say, it's yeah, a small flyer. world. Yeah, that's your flyer, sir. My wife said I have a problem focusing. <laughs> Didn't we just talk about that? <laughs> but when I get locked in, I'm locked in. That's how I got hurt. Oh! Come on now. Come on, sir. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I say he don't know what to do yeah, with it. Like, right, let, me, let me show you what I'm working with. Yeah. <laughs> I, I bless God. I bless God for everything that has taken place in this place. I want to give honor to the, the blessings of this house. Pastor Tish, God bless you. Let's give God a praise for the great name of God. Mr. Brian, God bless you, man. Thank you so much for sharing the gift that your wife is. Thank you for being a real man and not being intimidated that God has put men and women in her life to be a blessing. Thank you so much. It is an honor to be able to have a real relationship with another woman and not have all that hassle over you about where you at, what you're doing, who you talk to, what's going on. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. It shows your security as a man. It, it shows that you. It shows that you know what you're working with. Hey, I'm a my wife kept telling me you need to loosen up, you're too rigid, you need to learn how to chill out. And I said, You play too much. <laughs> we bless God for the opportunity yeah. in this house. I thank God for the friendship. Amen. I bless God Amen. for the friendship. God Amen. bless you. Amen. God bless your leadership staff, all of the leaders of this house. 
God bless you, all the partners that so into this vision. God bless you. It is truly an honor to be in this place, to be here today, uh, to worship God with you in this in this edifice. God bless you, and thank you so much. Yes, to God. all of my friends and family, all of the partners of Forbidden to Fail, all the leaders, thank you so much for making this sacrifice to travel over across that bridge after a long day of service this morning. Thank you, all of you. God bless you. I appreciate y'all. I love me, self, some you. Yes, me, love you. Yes, I do. <laughs> I love y'all. All right, all so, right. I so love y'all. All I, right. I promise y'all feel bad for any other pastor because God gave me the best of the crop. I appreciate y'all. See, and I ain't do my spiel today. I ain't do my spiel. I see I'm gonna have to do it later. I'm gonna have to do it later. I appreciate y'all. I, Pastor, I love you, but I'm sorry. I feel bad for you. I appreciate that's, that's all right. Let me get that mic again. We're gonna see. We're gonna see. We're gonna see. God bless you. Um, I do want to say before I go any further, uh, I want to just give praise and thank God for my beautiful wife. I promise you. I promise you. My challenge is this: my wife and I often talk about what we will do, you know, if, if the Lord took one before the other. Right. And she made it clear I ain't getting remarried. Mm-hmm. I said, "Well, <laughs> you know, let's just say the Lord wanted me to be there." My problem would be finding a wife that didn't have a problem with me. <clears throat> Remembering my friend. To find a woman, to find a wife yeah. that didn't mind me having memorandums of a friend. Come on. Okay. Right. Okay. Come on. Okay. See, see, I see y'all like whatever. See, so that means it's gonna be hard for me to remarry and find somebody. I got three type of people in my church. Three. I probably got them too. Go ahead. The first class is on meds. The second class need meds. The third class, their system rejects me. Listen, I need to put you on the move on. Do not give God praise for all that he is doing in this house. And I give him honor and praise for what he has called me to do in this hour. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this great house. Thank you for the woman of God who is not intimidated, nor is she bothered by having someone else to occupy her pulpit. Thank you for the opportunity to encourage your people. I understand clearly my assignment and that which you have created for me to do in the earth. I understand clearly what you meant when you put me, the spirit, in the body. And tonight I will execute that with precision and I will remain in alignment. Don't let me make a fool of myself tonight. Do not let me blow this this precious opportunity, Father, to engage your people for kingdom advancement. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, as your word is released in this house, let it penetrate the hearts of men. Let it sink down into our spirits and let it lift us up above every circumstance and situation and let the word of God literally thrust us into a new dimension. Ooh, let us God. see you in a way we have not seen you before. Let us hear things we've not heard before. Let us experience a side of you, God, that we've never yet experienced. Yeah, let yeah. your glory fall down this place tonight. Release the oil upon us tonight in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Somebody give God a praise in the house. I'm going to do my best not to be before you long. 
I heard my daughter say this morning, I'm going to hurry up and take my time. But I am going to be respectful to your time. I realize there's been a lot of sacrifices made to be here tonight. And I appreciate that. I honor you. Let God have his way. I want to bless you. And I want to also honor your time. I want to just take a moment, if I can. I want to celebrate one of my my daughters in the Lord today. Uh, Sister Lee, uh, excuse me, forgive me, Lord, Prophetess Elect. Lisa Zhao. Today she was set aside in the office of Prophetess Elect. And she's began her process of training into the office of the prophet. All right. And we thank God for her. We thank God for the anointing. Yeah. And that, that lady preached that lady preached this morning up in that house. I about hurt myself. That woman preached like she was already ordained. And I love somebody who can serve without a title. It's a blessing to have people serve without a piece of paper, without a title. I thank God for my leadership. I really do. I got folks in my church that served seven years and never asked for a piece of paper. They just served. I licensed them because they were serving. I laid hands and anointed them and raised them up because they were serving. They were already fishermen. you'll, You'll get that on the way home. So we thank God for everyone in their respected places. Let's move into the word of God. Let's go to the book of Judges, chapter 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The book of Judges, chapter number 3. Ooh, glory. The book of Judges, chapter number 3. I feel good this evening. I'm so prepared to minister to your hearts tonight. I bless God for everything that is transpiring in the realm of the Spirit. The book of Judges, chapter number 3. I'm going to be reading my text from the New King James Version tonight. The book of Judges, chapter number 3. Chapter number three. KJ, you did a good job tonight, man. God bless you, son. God bless you. You moved in the spirit tonight. God bless you. Handsome little fellow. The book of Judges, chapter number three. When you have it, say amen. amen. If you're still looking, say one moment, please. I like this kind of church. We're going down the road with business. Judges, chapter three, verses number one through six. I'm reading from the New King James Version, and the Word of God declares this evening, Now these are the nations which the Lord left, that he might test Israel by them. That is, all who had not known any of the wars in Canaan. This was only so that the generations of the children of Israel might be taught to know war, at least those who had not formally paid the price. Excuse me, formally (laughs) known Namely, five lords of the Philistines, all the Canaanites, the the Sidonians, and the Hivites, who dwelt in Mount Lebanon, from Mount Bel Hermon to the entrance of Hamath. And And they were left that he might test Israel by them, to know whether they would obey the commandments of the Lord which he had commanded their fathers by the hand of Moses. Thus the children of Israel dwelt among the Canaanites, the Hivites, the Amerizites, the Amerites, the Amorites, excuse me, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And last verse in conclusion, verse 6, And they took their daughters to be their wives and gave their daughters to their sons, and they served their gods. I want to talk from the perspective tonight. Look at somebody and say, I was minding my business. I was minding my business. But the fight came to me. But the fight came to me. I want to talk this evening from the perspective the fight came to me. 
Mm. Have you ever been in a place in your life, you remember when you was in school, you wouldn't bother nobody, and, and they brought the fight. You ever had the fight brought to you? Yeah. It's a bad thing when you go looking for a fight. You'll get that when you get home. You ever seen somebody looking for a fight? And the one they brought the fight to say, go on now. I, I've seen enough Facebook posts to appreciate leaving people alone. I've seen enough Facebook posts to appreciate the gift to leave people alone. I've learned what you say, sir. It's not good to pick a fight with everybody. Right. Because it's that little that little retarded looking one that don't look like they got the little short bald head one that's got glasses on, about five foot four, that don't look like they can fight. Look at somebody say that right there. That, that right there. You gotta know when to leave folks alone. Yeah, but, yeah. but 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 is there anybody in here that say I'm not looking for any trouble? Yeah. But, but if you come up on it, Israel is in a place right now where where Joshua Joshua had defeated uh, all of these armies and all of these nations. And had worked his way into the land of Canaan. And, and so they get to this place. And, and now things have settled down a bit. Because Joshua has brought some peace and order. So the name of the Lord has spread abroad. And folks have the fear of God in them. And they realize that under the command of Joshua, God went playing. That's right. And it's funny because not only did the adversaries of God recognize God wouldn't play him, but the children of Israel recognized that most that Joshua was not your typical leader. Joshua was the kind of leader that said, if you want to eat, you better get up and go to work. We don't want that kind of leadership in church anymore. We don't want that kind of leadership. We want everything handed down to us. And we don't want that kind of stuff going on. Let me talk to you about four things we learn from this passage. Four things we learn from this passage. Four things we learn from this passage. Somebody say this with me. The fight was brought to me. Four things I want to talk about, and I'll be out of your way this evening. Thing number one, I observed this, that as Israel dwelled in Canaan, they were supposed to be growing and expanding in such a way that literally pushed the remaining adversaries, the remaining nations, out of the territory. Mm. God God left them there so that the... the, this new generation, you, yeah. I don't know if you ever ever seen this new generation. You know, you know, it's something about the fasting and praying that grandmama never taught you. Uh-huh. Th- this new generation, God left them there because this new generation had a position, uh, had a, had a job to literally grow and expand and push the adversary out of Canaan. Mm. Let me let me say this to you, God. God wants you to grow in such a way, he wants your ministry to expand, that you push every demon up out of the house. He wants your business to grow, that every devil of poverty has to flee. He wants your marriage to grow, where every demon that comes against you will have to flee. Look at somebody and say, God wants you to grow. God wants you to grow. God is not interested in having people who are not growing in his army. 
God is not interested in pacifying people. God's intent for the mankind, for his people, is to somebody shout, grow and expand. Grow and expand. Israel was supposed to be growing and they were supposed to be expanding by now. And it was supposed to be growing in such a way that it just literally pushed the adversary out. There's two, listen, there, there's only two, one or two ways you're going you're to be able to get out of a pair of pants or get in a pair of pants, wear a pair of pants that you cannot wear. Either number one, you're going to grow into them, so you're going to have to grow. Or number two, you become so anorexic that you lose so much weight that you no longer need them. God is not interested in his people not growing. God is not interested in his people not advancing. Right. God is not interested in his people not moving from faith to faith, from glory to glory, and from level to level. Look at somebody and say, you're about to shoot off into another place. you got to shoot off into another place. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it was God's plan for them. God left the enemy in their life so that every threat could be pushed out. So that every intimidation could be pushed out. So that every addiction could be pushed out. God, look at somebody say, God left that devil there for you to fight. God left that devil there for you to fight. Oh, now, we're going to get into it in just a minute. The second observation is that the gener- this generation of Israelites had become so comfortable on the backs of those who had come before them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. That was God. My God. That that they listen to. They didn't work for anything, and God needed them to learn. Somebody say responsibility. Responsibility. You don't need to be ordained until you learn responsibility. You don't, you don't need to own your own business until you learn how to show up on the best job on time. You don't need a husband until you learn how to talk to folks right. Oh, wife until you learn how to come home out the nightclub. You, 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 God wanted to teach them some responsibility. So, so look at somebody say that devil there is there to teach you responsibility. That devil is there to teach you responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some things in your life you've been bucking against. Let me tell you something. Say this with me. Everything, everything is not demonically induced. Not demonically. Everything's not a devil. Everything's not a demon. There's some stuff God left right there in your life to teach you how to get up off of your rusted dusty and put some feet to faith and faith to feet and make it happen. Look at somebody say it's time to make it do what it do. It's time to make it do what it do. All right. This generation had become comfortable. They had they had learned to enjoy life on the backs of what their forefathers did. They had learned to enjoy the goods off the backs of Moses and off the backs of Joshua. And they had learned to enjoy life off of the backs of everything everybody else. And they knew no responsibility. Verse number two said, this was only so that the generations of the children of Israel might be taught war and those who and at least those who had formerly not known it in other words they they didn't know what it took to get where they were Mm. They didn't understand the danger that had to be fought through in order to get what they had. You you, you ought to not give your kids everything. You're not crippling your kids by giving them everything they want. Every now and then, they need to eat generic baloney so that they will know how to appreciate. 
Now you talking yeah. good here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every now and then you need to tell them that we're going to park the car. You're going to get on the bus. Yes, sir. I know the people on the bus smell. They don't smell like you smell. I know they don't dress like you dress. I know it's hot at the bus stop. I know it takes a moment to get to school on the school bus. But today you're going to ride the bus because you don't know what it costs, mama, to buy this new Ford Ranger. You don't understand how daddy had to get up and go to work and say, yes, sir, when he really wanted to give them some tongue, you know what I'm saying? You don't know. Look at somebody say, everybody don't understand what it went to, what you went through to get there. Yes! This is why you are not drop your standard for a bunch of folks who don't have a standard. They don't know what it took for you to get that anointing. They don't know what it took for you to build that business. They don't know what it took for you to get your marriage to win. Oh, y'all think y'all suck. Come on! I see y'all smiling like you all that. Where were you when we were down to the courthouse? Where were you when the enemy told you to leave that Negro? Where were you when she was out there running up and down the street smoking dope and I was on my face? Where were you? Take somebody and tell them you don't know what it cost me for this order. Look at somebody say, you don't know the hell I'm fighting for right now. I didn't ask for this. It came to me. And since it came to me, I'm not just about ready to run for it. They hadn't learned anything yet. They, they didn't understand what it took to get the beans on the table. They didn't understand what it took for the pastor to build that ministry. They, they ride up here and they slide up in the parking lot and bust up in here late like somebody owes I want to know where are you when I'm pushing the roof. I want to know where are you when I'm trying to get the place cooled off so folks ain't got to come up in your sweat. I want to know where you are when the rent needs to be paid but I ain't complaining about it. You don't know what it costs to make this thing run. Sit your butt down, shut up, be still, and I don't want to hear one word out of you because if you bring a fight to me, I'm going to be ready to engage it. Shake somebody and tell them don't let the devil cause you to run. Yes, sir! Yeah. Yeah. Preach, sir! Yeah. Somebody said I was minding my business. But the fight came to me. I know the message don't line up with what I'm preaching, but just stand there for me. Just wait for me. Joshua, Joshua, God gave Joshua the authority to drive out, somebody say, most of the nations. Most of the nations. Oh my. Oh my. God gave him authority to drive out most of the nations who stood in Israel's way of possessing Canaan. While he chose to leave some of them intact. God's plan for increase for the life of Israel included some nations to stay in place to test their faith. Let me tell you something. I know you've been whining and crying, Lord, move this devil. Lord, move that devil. But my Bible tells me, in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 12, there's a man by the name of Apostle Paul who says, I went to the Lord three times. Lord, move this devil. Lord, move my mama. Lord, move that hating sister. And every time God said, no, no, and God says, I'm not interested in putting the thorn out your flesh. I'm putting her in your life to aggravate the hell out of you until you are delivered. And 
I can't come here to drive you nuts. Because it ain't about them, it's about what's in you that is readily available to all the aggravation that's stirring up. What haven't you got to deliver from that 13th time you came to the altar? That keeps coming up every third Sunday. And submit to your husband, but you all up in the pastor thing. What in you that you can't go home and respect your wife, but you up in every sister face in the church? Tell me, how can I help you? How can I serve you? You to look back at that job and say, Go home to your wife. Somebody say, God is not interested in moving every devil out of your life. The Bible says that God left some devils there because He intended for them to get up one day and say, Enough is about enough. Is there anybody who has made up in their mind that enough is enough? That devil escaped my granddaddy. That devil got hold on, you're not with me. That divorced devil got past my granddaddy. That alcoholic demon got past my mama. That crack demon got past my granddaddy. My uncle was still messing around with that pornography demon. But the buck stops here. You got to come to a place in your life when you decide I'm not worried with these devils anymore. Enough is enough. Somebody shout at me. Enough is enough. Listen to me carefully. Two reasons God allowed Israel to go through this. Number one, so that this new generation, this, this new car smell. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I appreciate this new technology. I appreciate the air condition that's in the back. And yeah. We were coming here earlier. My wife said, can you turn some air on back here? I didn't know how to work the thing, so I hit a button and she said, well, I feel it on my feet. She was sitting in the back seat with the sister. She said, well, that's nice. <laughs> she got a rose. She said, hey, can you turn that thing off? It's cold. <laughs> <laughs> and while we laugh at the hookies, oh. there is nothing oh. like a good old-fashioned pound <laughs> running. Come on. Have to pull the door and tie up some They got now, you gotta pull that stuff up and pay a bunch of money for it to get the train. But y'all, y'all remember the days you can you can pull that thing up on some jet, you jack it up, put some bricks under it, and snap that transmission out. And if you didn't know what you're doing, you can buy the drunk down the street a case of beer. I'm talking about old school. God says, Don't move, don't know how to do nothing. Is there anybody in here beside me? We don't do it now. But I thank God for them days of
come on down. responsibility to fight to somebody else because they were so used to things being handed down they had heard about the wars they had heard about what Moses dealt with they had heard about how Joshua defeated the Camonites and the Amorites and the Israelites and the Blamites I can't pronounce them all right now I'm going to be anointed that's for folks who ain't anointed Next time you hear somebody pronounce all the names right, they ain't them. Oh, that's God. my line. Yes, that's my line. God wanted them to learn how to fight. If, 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 you, if you go without fighting for so long, you become weak. That's it. You become intimidated. You become passive. You need a good fight to stay in your life to keep you ready. I used to box, and, and, and I stopped boxing for some years, and so now I'm boxing again, but I, I, the problem is, I think I, I think I picked the wrong trainer, because there are days I think he's rigged the clock, and I told him that ball you've got has got to be rigged, it cannot be that, it's, it's rigged, it's got to weigh more than what you say. There are days I go home. And I, I ache in places I didn't know I had uh-huh. muscles. Right! Because I hadn't fought uh-huh. in so long. Uh-huh. But over the last couple of weeks, I learned how to plant my feet. Yeah. I learned okay. how to protect this side and that side. I learned. I learned. I learned how to step into a jazz. Stick and move! Stick and move! And when you haven't fought in a while, they had to say it like that. <laughs> when Pastor met my was she talking to me? Wow. Pastor, well, I, 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 just, I just feel like I, I'm not sure, Pastor. What was that for me? Well, well, well Pastor, why did you call my name? Well, why didn't your sisters, why didn't she speak to me when she walked by me? See, see when you haven't fought for a while, you get passive and you're ready to run and you take everything personal. But when you've been in a fight, oh, yeah. okay. when you're used to fighting, you learn that I ain't got a pick trouble. Okay. But if it comes to me, I'm going to knock your block okay. off. Okay. He wants them to learn how to fight. Look at somebody say, God wants to teach you how to fight. God wants to teach you how to fight. I know in church we teach people to be passive. But I stopped by to tell you right now that God wants you to learn how to fight. God wants you to learn how to fight. Quit crying about everything. Quit whining about everything. Quit taking everything personal. If you're going to get Canaan, you're going to have to fight. I've never seen such a bunch of Christians who decree and declare everything and have never took a decree and a possession all school. Ah. There's a possessing class you're going to need. 
It's called warfare. It means that sometimes you ain't going to fit. When God has ordained a thing for you, you lose the luxuries that other people have. You don't get to sleep like everybody else. You need to just go to bed. I'm not saying you don't rest. But there are sometimes God will shake you. And say, rise up. Shake somebody and say, up. There are times that God will shake you and say, you ain't going to bed tonight. There are times that you've got plans to meet people at the restaurant and God will decide you're not going to be able to go next week. That's not going to work for you. I've got other things for you. See, when you go in places other people are not going, God won't have you do things that other people, and you can't take it personal. You've got to divorce yourself, and you've got to divorce all your emotional and personal connections to everybody else. Because God's going to ask you to do some things that's not going to include their feelings. And if you're caught up in their feelings, you will find yourself like the children of Israel being rebellious and disobedient. I got to get you out of here. Let me finish this. Some people are riding off of grandmama them, uncle them, and all them auntie them prayers much too long. These people were, let me tell you something. Grandma prayers only going to get you so far. Your prayer worry, God's only going to let your prayer worry get you so far. God's only going to let the pastor pray you through so much. It's going to come a time where I don't care how many tongues pastor speak in. I don't care how many tongues the deacon speak in. I don't care how many prepositions they have for you. I don't care how much they fast for you. I don't care how many plates turn down for you. There's going to come a time when you're going to have to get yourself up and pray for yourself. I used to think I had to have somebody who understood me. And everybody got to know what I'm going through. And why ain't nobody praying for me? And I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, when are you going to pray for yourself? You'll be saying like my daughter said this morning. I said, did she just say that? She said, quit asking God to pay your rent and you won't pay your rent. Oh, oh come on now. Hey. Quit asking people to war for you and you won't fight for you. Right. Preacher. Ain't nobody got time. Have you ever been in a fight with a joker and then that's right and you looked up and they was gone? Uh, <laughs> I just said that. And you get the you get the Sam Jiminy Cricket snot beat out of you. <laughs> you know what you do next time? Next time you tell the person you fight again, hey, hey, hold oh, oh, on, hold on. Why don't you and I get together and go beat the snot out that joker right there and just left you? He did this to test their hearts to see if they would actually worship under pressure. That's it. That's it. That's it. The praise team was hot. You weren't really worshiping. What happened was you kind of got yourself caught up in the mix of the flow. But I want to know when he walk in drunk next week, smelling like perfume, can I get a worship out of you? I want to know that when no members show up, when the folks in jet, they stand with you when you're doing the Lord. When they give you a recognition medal with no explanation, and they don't want to meet when you stand by me and worship. I want to 
know when he tells you he's leaving you for another woman. I want to know when you meet her in the grocery store, can I get a worship out of you? I know she lied on you. I know she lied on you. Told a big lie to all across social media. But I want to know when you see her in the grocery store, instead of calling her a heifer, can I get a worship out of you? Can you tell her that you love her? Can you tell her that you feel sorry for her? Can you tell her that you're not over her? Can you tell her that you believe in God for her deliverance? I want to know. this because he wanted to find out can I get a worship out of you under pressure he wanted to know will you believe me in uncertain times he wanted to know will they hold fast to their faith when their faith is being tried I want to know will you take a stand on my promises when things look hopeless I want to know when it doesn't look like any way is coming out of this can I trust you to stand on my word so he puts them through this and, 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 and notice, say this with me, God didn't use anything new. God didn't use anything new. <laughs> <laughs> These weren't no new devils. These weren't names they hadn't heard of. They had heard of these devils. God is not, you're not going to have to wrestle with the demon of pornography if that was never your thing. You're never going to have to. One thing the devil can never tempt me with is crack. I sure. saw how it made other people act. Right, right. Come on now. Okay. I ain't picking on nobody, but I ain't. I ain't, okay. okay. ain't want to be all like that. No. No, that wasn't my cup of tea. Uh -huh. But he gave me a fine wife. Because <laughs> he knew. Some things make me laugh and get crazy. 
So I already know I ain't got no business on your front porch. I'm coming to see you when we need to go in the house. Don't turn the air conditioner on. Because that's like nowadays, I don't know where they do this stuff like that. My wife and I was driving through a neighborhood. I backed up in my front porch like, what you laughing about? <laughs> what you laughing about? <laughs> He, he didn't move all the devils. He didn't move all of these devils. You preaching, Doc? Some of these devils here because he wanted to make sure in uncertain times y'all was going to serve me. I want to yeah. make sure that you got something that keeps you at the altar. Yeah. The reason he told the apostle Paul, no, I'm going to give you grace, is because had he delivered Paul, we would have never heard about Paul seeking God at that level again. Oh, wow. Is there anybody in here that will be honest with this little bald head? Y'all better come get me. Is there anybody in here who will be honest and say, if it wasn't for this, this thing, you keep me at the altar. Yeah. You might not tell nobody. Okay. Come on now. Okay. Come on, you might be nothing angry, but you need that look. Come on now, come on, don't go watching yourself. You can say, I might be up in age. Uh, okay. I'm to say, I might be up in age. I'll be up in age. But I know what I'm working with. Oh, I know what I'm working with. And you already know, girl, you better keep yourself together to not see you again. Or you'll be around here doing what. Some devils that's gonna plague your life. God said the reason I left them devils there, I brought the fight to you. God put the devil on Job. Job was minding his business and God brought the fight to him. Where you coming from, boy? of it is so that I can teach you a level of warfare that you never had to engage before. Because you need to understand the higher you become, the higher you go, the more of a threat you become to the enemy. As you grow, as your business grows, as your ministry grows, as your relationship grows, as your health plan grows, as you grow, there's always going to be a devil trying to snatch you down. And if you don't learn strategic warfare at this level, then by the time you get there, when them devils come that way, you will tuck tail and retreat. So what I did was strategically put them there as a pawn in my game so that I could teach you a lesson. Yes, sir. I didn't put, look at somebody and say, God is not intending to kill you. God is not intending to kill you. Can I tell you, if God wanted to kill you, you wouldn't have woke up this morning. God has never missed a hit. Ask them folk in the grave, God. Come on now. Next time you go to a funeral, walk over to the camp. Have you ever known God to miss a hit? If God did not want you here, you would not be here. The reason you're going through what you're going through in your house, the reason your wife driving you up the wall without a steering wheel and no brake pedal is because God is trying to teach you something. Can you respect her and stop it? 
God is letting them chew and dry you bonkers up and down the street, in and out of the court system to teach you. Can you be humble? Can you go to that courthouse and keep your dignity? Can you be sanctified? Can you love that rebellious child like you pray at the altar for folk? Jesus. My, my third observation, I'm about done. My third observation is, is, is you got to check this out. You got to check this one out. This, this was really interesting to me. You, you got to check. This is groovy right here. This is this was real groovy because I didn't see this until like later on last night. I saw oh, that's pretty groovy. That's interesting because it, it taught me a lesson about my life. At the point that these nations were left there, right? There, there was when, when by the time God had come to Israel and reminded them of these nations, there was peace in the land. There was no war going on. Everything was peaceful. Because Joshua had run out everything that should have been ran out up until that point. And, 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 and there was a fear across the land because Joshua was a mighty man of war. So by the time Joshua leaves and God comes up on the scene now, as God is giving judges... The people are becoming, every time they get a judge, things settle down. Then when the judge leaves or dies, then the people get crazy again. At the time, there is no war. Everything is peaceful. But but that's a a problem. (laughs) Because they assumed that the peace meant peace. But I want to share with you that it's possible that the quiet place does not necessarily mean peace. It could be that your enemy is strategizing your divide, your demise. Because because it was peaceful. Watch this now. Watch this. The problem is that because it was peaceful, Israel did not take their enemy as a threat. You know, you, you 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 can allow... That cussing tongue to settle down for two or three weeks and decide I ain't got to go to the altar next Sunday for that because everything is peaceful in my life. <laughs> but then, then you run into that chick in the store. Why she always got to be in the store? <laughs> you run into that chick in the store, just got her hair done. And she she just thinks she said you know she knows she's seeing your foot with that buggy. <laughs> she she know she saw my foot the first time, and I looked at her and said it's okay, baby. But we 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 gonna keep ignoring these corners. We we you got one more gear to hit that corn, and I and, and all this Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm gonna show you what I'm working with up in up in here. Just, just, just because, just because, just because, just, just because you, just because you kept your zipper up for three weeks and you hadn't entered into her holy place. Doesn't mean that that devil is gone. There are some stuff you need to keep on the altar. Because if you do not, you'll find yourself over in Hotel 6 like 
book. and we get saved that we don't have to fight the devil. I know, I'm not being arrogant, I'm confident. I'm anointedly confident. I know I'm a good looking young man. That's why she got me. She told me, I said, what you gonna marry about that? I said, that buck too much. She said, I don't want nobody ugly. I don't want nobody can't read. I don't want nobody don't want to work. I, don't, I need somebody who can cook. So, so I know I'm good looking. I can do some of those things. <laughs> If you don't keep yourself at the altar, there is some stuff that, that if, if, if you misinterpret the quiet moments, it'll pull you right on in. Am I right or am I right? Yes, you are. I know I'm right. Yes, you are. See, because the enemy doesn't care about you being married. All this Facebook stuff about how much I love Lady Williams and peanut butter skin. And girl, you just gotta go. You're rocking my world. I've never been so, I'm so in love with you again. The enemy desires to tear that apart. The ministry that you say you're sold out to and you love God and you, and I would give God soul out. I give him my heart. The enemy is desiring to pull you into a place of utter shame and utter embarrassment. This is why you cannot ignore the quiet moments. You cannot become so, so familiar with the things that have plagued your life that you sit still idle and give it an opportunity to walk up. If you know you got a problem with anger, there's some things you need to keep at the altar. Come on now. Come on, you guys. Come on, come on. There is some stuff you... Do I have any folk in here that know what it like what it means to be angry? You got you got to keep yourself on the altar. There's a spirit you cannot ignore. That devil make you tell something. By the time you black out and come around, you be standing up there in photograph and it won't be only meals. Yes, get your picture taken for free with your number on it. They became so familiar with these with these nations that that slowly they begin to integrate with them. That's right. Slowly, slowly. You you gotta be careful of how you become comfortable with what you're supposed to be killing. Wow. You got you got to be careful with how you become comfortable with what you should be killing. This was the problem with a lot of these kings God had. God said, "I want this was Saul's problem." God said, "I want you to go kill up everything. Kill the king. Kill his mama. Kill the little dog Toto. Kill everything. Don't bring, don't bring nothing back." And, and, and he decided to keep the king. 
and decided to keep the goods. And God said, that's not what I told you. I did not tell you to have a conversation with the king. I did not tell you to ask King how mother was doing. I didn't tell you to listen to the king's soft story about why he couldn't pay you and he had just lost his job and she needed a place to stay. I told you the last time somebody about got you put out your apartment. Don't let nobody else up in there. But you don't listen, do you? I told you the last time that joker pushed you upside your head. Don't you need no more than hood racks. But you don't listen, do you? I told you the last time she jacked your credit up. Don't be letting nobody else use your credit card. But you don't listen, do you? So this time you don't pay the price. But is there anybody in here that is made up in the mind that if God say kill it, I'm gonna kill it in mind. I'm going to kill it dead. I'm going to kill every spirit of lust. I'm going to kill every lying spirit. I'm going to kill every spirit of robbery. I'm going to kill every hatred spirit. I'm going to kill every spirit of anger. There won't be a demon that'll walk up in my house and take hold of my home. There won't be a demon that'll walk up in my ministry and take hold of my ministry. I won't let another devil step upon me and take root of my mind. I'll submit myself to the plan of God. I'll kill everything. Is there anybody up in this house tonight. This is I'll kill everything that gets in my way of worship. I'll kill everything that gets in my way with God. I'll kill everything that steps upon my family role. I'll kill everything that tries to break my mercy. I'll kill everything that tries to take my mind back to where I used to be. I'll kill everything that steps up in my way of glorifying God. I'll kill everything. Shake somebody say let Solomon live. Don't let any of it live. Don't let any of it live. Don't let any of it live. None of it. My last observation. As though, listen to me carefully. As a result of Israel's weakness and their failure to engage in war with what they should have been pushing out. Oh, now. They became comfortable with it. And watch this now. And they became entangled by it. Whatever you become comfortable with you will eventually become entangled by. Whatever you become comfortable with, you will eventually become entangled by. Israel got to a place where they became so comfortable with it. The Bible says that they begin to dwell among these nations. They they begin to dwell among these nations. They they begin to hang out with these nations. They got comfortable with these nations. They begin to walk with them. They begin to talk with them. They stop by the house every now and then. Hey, I just come to see what y'all was doing. You know you don't have any business there. You already know that. You just didn't get from alcohol. You don't need to be you, you don't need to be there. You, you know you don't need to be there. You know they're gossiping over there. You don't need to be in the break room. You need to eat lunch in your car for the next 12 months. You don't need to be there. Because you don't know how to stay out of business yet. You, 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 you don't know how to keep your mouth closed, your mind blocked everywhere. Every time you hear somebody whisper, you think they're talking about you. Have you ever considered that maybe they're planning a party for you? Have you ever sat down and looked at the calendar of your birth, birthday coming up? You don't talk yourself out your blessings because you don't know how to keep your mouth closed. There's some places you, there's some people you don't need to take in. With you. Does anybody know somebody that just don't know how to hush? You ever have somebody talk you out of your new apartment? You ever have somebody talk you out of your new blessing? You ever have somebody talk you out your man? Yeah. 
2 Corinthians chapter 6, 14 says, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. There are, there are some things and some places and some people that we no longer need to be tangled up with. They became so comfortable that they got entangled with it. And as a result, two things happened. I'm going to close with this. As a result, two things happened. The first thing that happened was that the, um, the, 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 they gave their daughters to the people to be their, their wives, and they took the women of those nations to be their wives. Now, here's what happened. They gave everyone in, in marriage. So, so the giving in marriage and the taking in marriage, it represents a deliberate act to produce something God didn't intend. Be, because you don't get married unless you, you plan on having worship. Right, right. Come on. Come on, guys. Come on. Come on, guys. And slow wave. And worship produces oil. Yes. To flow. Yes, come on. Work with it, Doc. Come on, Doc. I got grandkids in here. Yeah, I got six. Come on, Doc. Come on, Doc. <laughs> yes, sir. Next time I hear them talk about worship, they'll be in there playing drums. <laughs> so, so their intention was to was to procreate or or produce something that God never intended for them to produce. It wasn't the will of God that they get tangled up and get involved with these nations. It was God's will that they drive them. Let me say this. Thank you, Lord. I just heard God say, there is somebody in here. You are feeling sorry for somebody. You need to just cut loose. Wow. Wow. You listen to those sob stories. She don't want no better for herself. Wow. He ain't trying to do right. You need to cut them loose. Listen, can I tell you something? You have no right, no authority. You have no right to complain about anything you tolerate. Lord Hammer. Come on now. Absolutely, positively, 100%, unquestionably, nothing. Yes. At all. Nothing. Indubitably. So, so they're, they're trying, they're planning to produce something God never intended for these people to come together and produce. There's some people you're trying to go in business with God never intended that. Wow. There's some people you're trying to do ministry with God want them out your church. Wow. Come on, you trying to raise them up? You, you listen, listen, listen. Um, um, you, <laughs> you can't train a donkey to behave. Now I got grandkids, so you figure. You know the, the, the Bible says that when God told Abraham to take Isaac. That, that he loaded up a. There's some people you're trying to go in business with, you're trying to go in ministry with. There's some folks, oh, he loved me, but you don't know how he feel about me. God said, that is not my will, that is not my plan. There's some people you're trying to be friends with. God says, I don't want you tangled up in that. Their lifestyle is not conducive right. for the oil that I want to pour in yeah. your life. She is too trifling for you to be hooked up. I didn't tell you not 
couldn't pray for her. I didn't tell you not to encourage her. I didn't say you couldn't minister to her on the phone. I didn't say you couldn't stop by and drop off a gift during the baby shower. But I don't want you hooking up with the likes of that. I don't want you with that until she can profess Christ as Lord and Savior. And we can get a change going on. There are some people in your life, if you don't cut them off, they're going to cost you everything. And I believe everything that God has intended for you to have. We've been talking in our church here in the last couple of weeks in our Tuesday night Bible study about leadership. And I'm teaching my church that every single person, 100% of the people that God created, ever created, is supposed to be a leader. God created everybody to be a leader at some level, right? We talked about the, the leader character, leadership character of Moses. And one of the things we recognize is that Moses was on the mountain for 40 days with God. He was in the presence of God. He had received something from God. And before he got back down, he allowed the people he was connected to to cause him to forfeit everything he just brought out of the presence. Threw the tablets down and tore them apart because he could not get emotionally disconnected from the people. The second thing I want to say in the last point is that God allowed this to take place because he wanted to bring them to a place that he wanted them to fight. When the fight comes to you, you have to prepare to engage it. The intimidation of it will cause you to lose your passion to serve God if you don't. You have to prepare at the level in which you are to engage every fight that comes your way because some things is not of the devil. There are some things that God himself intends to be a part of our lives to teach us a lesson. (laughs) To teach us how to fight. I was talking to someone not long ago, someone I love dearly. They said, I've been broken enough. And the first thought to hit my mind was according to who? Wow. Ooh. According to who? <laughs> according to who? We are in a place where God has put things in our life so that we can learn how to fight. God put leaders in your life to antagonize you, to run you crazy until you learn to get over you. (laughs) You ought to thank God that that everybody else that kicked you to the side, you got a leader today. And she said, I ain't running. I'll I'll be right here when you get back. You just got Take a bag of ice, put it on your suck it up, let's move. <laughs> I encourage you today with the words and with the fruit of my lips, I encourage you, church, that when the fight comes to you, don't do what they did. Don't, don't, don't embrace these nations. War against them, push them out of your life. Mm-hmm. Push them out of your push. life. Let me say this prophetically to y'all. I don't care how your family act. I don't care what you got to face. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they do. God gave you a vision. Don't let it die. God gave you the vision. You are the visionary. You are the leaders. You are the carriers. 
Don't let somebody else's behavior dictate what you do about what you saw. It is when you are aggressive, it is when you are determined, it is when you are consistent, it is when you are steadfast, it is when you are focused, it is when you are faithful that it breaks and unlocks the key, the doors that have been shut all these years. There are some doors that have been rusted shut, and there are some doors that have been welded shut. And the anointing on your life is going to pull all of them off the hinges. It is your vision. Don't be moved, says the Lord. Do not be moved. Hallelujah. I don't know who may have been encouraged, who may not have been encouraged. I only showed up for one purpose, only one, and that was to encourage you. To, to hopefully bring some revelation as to why you are facing what you are facing. God allowed it. God allowed it. I love what Dr. Tony Evans said yesterday. I was listening to him. I love what he said. He says there's only two types of trouble. He said, it's that that God will cause and that that God will allow. That's it. Whatever's going on in your life, know that God is there with you. I don't care about what you did yesterday. God is there with you. Jonah messed it up, made a mess of it, but God never left him. You may have to fight with tears in your eyes. You may have to fight with bandages on your knees, but don't quit fighting. Don't give up and don't give in. Sister, I declare over your life right now. What's your name? Tianti. Tianti, I declare over your life. I release a fresh oil over your life right now. I release another level of service over your life right now. I plug up your ears right now from the naysayers. I plug up your ears from all of those folks that are talking in your ear and speaking against the plan of God for your life. You cannot do what everybody else do. And you cannot go where everybody else go. And I hear the Lord say, don't you, don't you dare apologize or explain one more day. Not another day. You owe no one an explanation. No one. Today, God is serving you a notice that from here forward, he wants you to learn how to remain in the audience of one. That's it. That's it. So today, we decree over your life and we declare over your life that not another idle word that is spoken into your ear gate will penetrate into your spirit. The scripture teaches us in the book of Isaiah 54, 17, I believe it is, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. But then it goes on to say, in every tongue that rises up against you, you shall condemn it. That means every word that has been spoken into your life that is not conducive for your growth, for your advancement. I hear the Lord say, he planted you, don't you move. Don't you move. I repeat every thought. Let them do what they do. But don't you move. God's got a purpose and a plan for your life. And it shall come to pass, says the Lord. I pray that the blessing of the Lord will befall you today. I'm going to, out of respect for your time, I'm going to expedite my altar call. Perhaps there is someone here, the first person I want to talk to is the person who does not know Christ as Savior. The Bible is very clear that if, if, if we would confess with our mouth, Romans 
Romans 10, 9 and 10. If we would simply confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, the Bible says, says we shall be saved. It's not a lot of work to it. It's not magic. It is simple as that. The Bible also says in 1 John 5, 12, that he who has the Son has life, but he who has not the Son of God has not life. The Bible speaks in the book of Revelations. He said, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give to every man according as his works shall be. Perhaps today you're not saved. Perhaps you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. We want to give you an opportunity right now, right here, to get to know Jesus. If that's you, just slide your hand up in the air and say, Pastor, I need to be saved. If that's you, just slide your hand right up in the air. I want to be saved. I want Jesus in my life. I want him to control my life. Praise God, I'll assume we're all saved today. I pray for those today who have been in the fight of their life. You've been wondering, why are all these devils coming out of the woodwork? I come to serve you notice today, it's possible that God left them there when you got saved. He left them there because he wanted to raise you up and teach you how to fight them. Perhaps someone who hasn't done a very good job of fighting those devils. You haven't done a very good job fighting those last last nations that were in your life. And you found yourself coming becoming victim to them. If that's you, slide your hand up in the air. I want prayer tonight. I need prayer. I've had some demons come against me, and I haven't done a good job. I need to, somebody to come in agreement with me. Praise God for you, sir. Praise God for you, man. Do me a favor, church. If you just stand all over this building, we're going to get you home soon. I appreciate you. Stand all over this building. Those two people who just raised their hand, come to this altar, please. I just want to touch and agree with you. I come into agreement with you right now. The word of God declares that one will put a thousand of life, and two of us will put ten thousand of life. And so today, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to lay my hand on your head and I'm going to pray over your life. Father, I thank you right now that the generational plagues that have been coming against this woman's life, the curses that were spoken years ago, they're broken now. Father, I speak over her health, her physical condition right now. And I speak supernatural strength. I yes, speak God. blessings over the doctor's report. Right yes, now. God. Blood pressure coming to normality. I hear the Holy Spirit saying the proper diet can fix a lot of yes, that stuff. <laughs> Father, I speak over her life right now. Yes, God. And I pray right now, coming to we come into agreement right now. That every health issue has been broken out. Strengthen this body physically. I speak to the blood right now and I call it into alignment every cell. I call it into alignment. I call it into alignment right now. I call the kidney into alignment right now. Any breast condition, I call it into alignment right now. I call this body healed and healthy. 
I speak over those eyes right now in the name of Jesus. Anoint those eyes. Clear those eyes up from fall. In the name of Jesus. Respiratory issues. I call it now, right now, in the name of Jesus. Father, we come into agreement right now that the devils that are desiring to choke the life out of this woman. Father, I pray right now that she will not just sleep at night, but you're going to get rest at night. You're going to start getting some rest at night. Tossing and turning and all over the place, the devil is a liar. The sweet sleep of the Holy Spirit shall be a part of your life. In Jesus' name, I decree and declare it. Church says when we receive it, and we agree with it now. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 I lay my hands on you now. Look at me. I pray over your life in a wisdom and a word of knowledge. A word of knowledge means there's things I know about you. There's things I know of you. And so I pray according to what I know. Yes, God. And I pray that God has given you sustainment. God has given you sustainment. Do you know what that word means? The word sustainment means keeping power. It means that, that when, when your feet get planted this time, then there is no swaying back and forth. Yes, God. There is no being tossed to and fro up here with your decisions. That the decisions you make are going to be final. Say yeah. that these are final decisions. Yeah, they're final. So, pray, Father, I pray right now over this child. I pray over this son in the kingdom. And I thank you right now that every spirit that has plagued his life, every demon that has come against his purpose, every demon that has warred against his advancement, Father, we call those demons down and out. Lord, you know the spirits that need to be cast down. You know the things that plague his mind. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would now bless him, Father, for all eternity. Father, I speak in the name of Jesus, and I serve every foul spirit notice that his life belongs to Jesus. So, Father, we thank you that the devils that you left there for him to do war, we thank you now for strengthening his arms. We thank you for girding him up to be able to rage war and do battle in the name of the Lord Jesus. And this time he will be kept by the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Somebody say we receive it. And we agree with it in Jesus' name.